Crude oil is crude. Natural gas is pure. That's why Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas, not crude. It gives you unbeatable engine protection. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Based on sequence 4A wear test using SAE 5W30. Breaking news on the job. The Knicks have decided to part ways with President Steve Mills just two days before the NBA trade deadline. Scotty Pippen... Shocking. What did you think when you heard this? I am shocked. I mean, I thought this guy's name was etched in stone, stone with the New York Knicks, and I'm, I'm pretty surprised that this will happen right before the trade deadline, a week before All-Star. Um, but it's time for a change for the Knicks. I'm not shocked at all. If you're going to make a change, make it before the trade deadline because Steve Mills is trying to save his job, not save the Knicks. Two different things. I'm moving on with whoever I want to save the Knicks. Oh, they are moving on. Welcome to the show. <laughs> I'm Rachel Nichols. I'm here with two Hall of Famers, Jackie McMullen, our insider, and six-time champion, Scotty Pippen. And coming up, Adrian Wojnarowski will be joining the jump to break down what is next for the Knicks. Wow. Because this story just will not stop. First, though... I want to go over exactly what we're dealing with. On a day when Ben Simmons called his own team soft and Steph Curry and John Morant are going at it on social media, it's, of course, the Knicks who managed to top them all. Even when this this franchise manages to do something right, they do it wrong. Yes, of course you fire President Steve Mills, who has led New York to the NBA's worst record since being put back in charge of the team more than six years ago. Knicks fans have been begging for this move for years. But to do it today, two days before the trade deadline, Adrian Wojnarowski says Mills was working the phones trying to trade for D'Angelo Russell as recently as yesterday. So now what? Are those trade offers still good? Or does GM Scott Perry go all at Hague here and start making his own decisions? <laughs> there is plenty of speculation. This is part of owner James Dolan's campaign to lure Toronto's Masai Ujiri to New York. Which I mean first, Ujiri is under contract to the Raptors for not just this season, but next season. So hiring him would not be as simple as sending in a LinkedIn request. Second, let's remember the last time Dolan set in motion a massive change to his organization because he was so sure he would be able to bag a bigger, hotter name out there. The team traded their unicorn, Kristaps Porzingis, for largely cap room, and then Dolan went on the radio and said this. New York is the mecca of basketball, right? And we hear from people all the time, right, from players, from, you know, representatives it's about who wants to come mm-hmm. the the, the uh, we can't respond because of the nba rules etc but that doesn't stop them from telling us right the, the and they do the, the uh, and i can tell you from what we've heard i think we're going to have a very successful off season when it comes to free agents <laughs> so um anyone remember how that worked out anyone wrong, wrong team in new york But Woj and Ramona Shelburne are also reporting that Ujiri isn't the only one in Dolan's sights, that he is also considering following the model set by the Warriors and the Lakers, who hired former agents to run their basketball operations. By definition, unless he is actually going to pluck Bob Myers or Rob Palenka specifically from their current gigs, though, that means that he wants to hire someone who either has never done this job before or certainly hasn't been doing it recently. And really, whoever it is... You'd have to think they would have serious reservations about taking a job under these circumstances. This is basically what Dolan is saying. Hey, please come to our organization that has a history of wild instability. 
incompetence, misogyny, and a North Korea-like monitoring of employees' words and communications, and do it at a time of particular chaos. Chaos I've created by firing my team president two days before the trade deadline. Even for the man who threw franchise icon Charles Oakley out of the garden, this is colossally mystifying behavior. The only thing I can really trace it back to was a few nights ago when fans were yelling, sell the team during the Knicks' home loss to Memphis. Is Dolan's ego really so fragile he would throw the most valuable franchise in the NBA into turmoil again over some schoolyard chance? Do I really even need to answer that? Knicks fans deserve better. I just don't know if they're going to get it anytime soon. Adrian Morjanowski, save the people of New York. Please <laughs> tell them something. Give them anything that can quantify as hope. What is going on here and what happens next? Well, you know, what's going on is obviously, you know, Jim Dolan has changed their leadership again. And this is the second time Steve Mills has gone out from, you know, that, that, that president's position. He came back. Uh, one time, and and the second run was really as, as unsuccessful as the first one. Uh, Scott Perry will continue as their general manager for the foreseeable future, I'm told. And you know, Masai Ujiri had been a target for a very long time with Jim Dolan. He privately shared that with many people. He had been on the wrong side of trades with him, with Denver, with Toronto. And, and obviously, Ujiri has gone on to become one of the elite GMs and and all the league, uh, but I'm told that right now it is a real difficult pathway uh, for them to be able to get uh, to get at Ujiri. He's got two years left on his deal, uh, and they want to move quicker here uh, to find somebody. The Knicks, another thing, too, they don't want to give compensation up, uh, draft compensation for, a, for an executive who's under contract. So the way it's playing out, I'm told right now, is that they're going to move uh, sooner than later on their search. And I'm told they've already talked to people, um, uh, potential candidates. This, this firing has been at least a few days uh, in the making. I think it was inevitable. The timing of it, I think, is what became, um, uh, I, I think, in the last couple of days that they just, he felt he needed to do it before the trade deadline. He started to take several of the trade conversations over uh, in recent days. He put Marcus Morris out on the market, who wasn't on the market. Uh, but as recently as yesterday, Steve Mills was on the phone uh, trying to work on himself a D'Angelo Russell trade with Golden State that really had no traction. Uh, though, that's the thing. If he wanted to get someone new in place before the trade deadline, he could have done this months ago. If he wanted to do it months from now, when Masai Ujiri didn't have as much left on his current contract as he does now, and maybe some of those assets they'd have to give up to get him wouldn't be as significant, I could sort of put my head around that. I still can't quite understand why you do this two days before the trade deadline. Has there been any answer on that? Well, do you Right, so you're trying to assign real-world logic to Jim <laughs> Dolan's decision-making, and it, it hasn't traditionally fit. You know, the one deal that they can do in the short term and they've been engaged with is Marcus Morris. I mean, that's, you know, that's kind of a cut and dry. What kind of assets can we get for a player who has great value on the market? They're, most contenders would like to get it, Morris. So does that mean, you know, a first-round pick, uh, an ex, uh, a, a first and a second and an expiring, or a young player? Whatever that is, that's an easier deal to execute on a player that Dolan's just going to say, hey, we're not worried about re-signing him long-term. Let's get some assets for him. But they've got to look beyond just a couple, uh, uh, you know, 
moves like that here in the next few days. They've got to look at the broader, you know, the the broader uh, picture for the Knicks organization. You know, Ramona Shelburne and I reported a short time ago one area that Dolan has already started to consider is the player agent pool uh, for a potential president candidate. Uh, you've seen the success Bob Myers had. In Golden State, Rob Palenka, the team that they built with the Lakers, and even another, the general manager, Justin Zanuck in Utah, though he worked in the front office before he became a GM but was a longtime agent. That's a place he's uh, he's spending some time looking at now. But there's going to be, and, and people, you would think that given how Dolan has run the organization and how it, is, it has ate up people, it has spit them out, that this is a job that elite GMs wouldn't want any part of. And and I don't believe that's true. I think there are plenty of top-level executives, especially in smaller markets, who would love a crack at what it means to have the Knicks platform, to have the resources, uh, to still have that great Madison Square Garden stage. And if they could just figure out a way uh, with Jim Dolan uh, to make that work. But if you look back at their last few searches, Rachel, They have never gone after who you would consider, you know, the elite of the profession, guys who've, you know, had successful playoff runs, who've won championships, who've been executive of the year. Really the last one, Donnie Walsh, when he came in, and Donnie did a a really good job job. in his (laughs) run there. They haven't done that. (laughs) Why would you ever want to repeat that? I mean, you look at a Sam Presti, right? You look at some of these guys who are in, as you say, smaller markets who have given the platform. I think that's what's so frustrating for Knicks fans, for people, frankly, like me around the NBA. The Knicks are this amazing untapped asset. They are the most valuable franchise in the league. They have a tremendous fan base. Their popularity around the world globally is unmatched, and yet they have not been run in a way that matches that kind of quality of a team. And when you talk to me about potential agents, Rob Palinka had a real learning curve when he got to the Lakers. The idea that this franchise, which frankly is, is a mess in so many ways right now with the way the books are, the players are, who's on the roster, what kind of contracts they have to deal with. I, why would James Dolan want to put that in the hands of someone who has potentially never done this job before in any way? I think the one element that um, it's come back to me a little bit on is is recruiting, but that's not the model. Like, what recruits players to any free agent destination is having an infrastructure, having an organization that is appealing to people. Look at what uh, Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson did in Brooklyn. Look what Doc Rivers, Lawrence Frank, Steve Ballmer did with the Clippers. Those weren't free agent destinations until the organizations were run better. And even the Lakers, uh, before Magic came back and Rob Palenka came in, they had struck out on a lot of significant free agents. They weren't just getting players or top free agents because of geography, but it it has been shown if you run your organization well in a big market, you're going to be appealing uh, to you know, all-star level players. And there's still a frustration in this league in the smaller markets, no matter how well they run the organization. In the end, there's still feeders to L.A., New York. You know, Pat Riley has been able to do that in Miami uh, over a long period of time. So um, it's not as simple as just having 
a, a, a recruiter. This isn't college basketball, and recruiting doesn't work that way in the NBA. You better have a, put that players on a poster, are smart. <laughs> yeah, players are smart. Agents are smart. They know what they're sending their players into. Absolutely. I am very grateful to you for coming on television and trying to explain the unexplainable to us. We will be checking with you back through the afternoon across ESPN. And for more trade deadline talk, you can catch Woj and Zach Lowe on the Woj and Lowe trade deadline special. That is tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern on ESPN2. Those are always great shows. So, Scotty, you just heard from the man himself. Where do the Knicks go from here, given all these tentacles they seem to have out in direction that might not make sense to the rest of us? Well, it doesn't make sense for us, but I think they're going to continue to struggle for the next year and a half or so. I mean, even if they find someone to put them in that position, I don't think they're going to be able to make a dramatic change real quickly. Um, There's a lot of teams that are so far down the road right now that the Knicks are going to be playing catch-up for the next three years. Uh, They lost a value asset when they gave up on Porzingis. So when you put yourself behind the eight ball like that, you need superstars in this league to be successful. And it, it may be a while before they can find a superstar. They talk about the Mecca basketball. Well, not a lot of free agents are running to play in the Mecca basketball city. And if they are, they're playing for the Brooklyn Nets. And that's exactly the model that the Knicks should be looking at. The Brooklyn Nets didn't have picks. They didn't have anything. They hired a young coach and a patient uh, GM who came up through the Spurs system. They built the, the most incredible facility I've ever seen in my yes. life. Mm-hmm. And you can have a beautiful view of the Statue of Liberty, better view than from Madison Square Garden. Yes. And so all everything that Jim Dolan said turned out to be true for the Brooklyn Nets, not his own franchise. None of this, none of this makes sense, except when you say, but it's coming from Jim Dolan. We'll talk more about the Knicks throughout the show. Right now, it's time for our distant replay from this date, 2000, featuring Kobe. We will never forget you. We will be playing these highlights forever. Wow. Long-haired Kobe. Yeah. The Utah Jazz in game four of a four-game regular season schedule. What a beast. 20 to yeah. four. Two of the first three. The Jump is brought to you by Marathon. Fueling the American spirit. Cue me and do the clapping and do the action. It's a make or miss league. Maybe a little more funny than that. I didn't. I don't know what the. I don't know what, what am I make or missing. It's a make or miss league. Cut that. <laughs> Jimmy, 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 make moves. Jaron Jackson Jr. was in his bag last night. Check out these moves. Jackie, are we getting closer and closer to positionless basketball here? We are there. And I hope next year the all-star selection will be positionless too, so Jimmy Butler gets in as a starter. How about All-NBA this year? Why wait till next year? I like what you think, Rachel. Mm-hmm. Look at this guy. He's my favorite right. player right now. Really? I love Jaron Jackson Jr. I can't get enough of the dude. Love him. I know Jerome Moran's great. Right, I really like him. That's awesome. You Love that kid. Better have some defensive skills to stay in front of this kid. <laughs> <laughs> Fun young team. We'll be talking about them shortly as well. Miss Jerseys, Spurs clips, dead ball. Jakob Pertl checks in, but um, he forgot something. You, you forgot something there because the jersey. Unbelievable. He worked out too hard <laughs> in pre, pre-game. Malik Beasley <laughs> did it last year. Forgetting his shorts. That's that's a whole different problem when you forget your shorts. Yeah, the there. shorts are a little, no, that's little a bit little, tough. It's a little racier. 
Anthony Davis told a very nice story the other night about how at Team USA at the Olympics, he was so excited to play with all these greats. He forgot to put on his jersey, and in garbage time, when they checked him into the game, he went to go take off his warm-up. Coach K called his number, and he couldn't do it because he didn't have his jersey. And Kobe gave him such a hard time on the bench. He said, even to this day, every day, as he walks out onto the court, he gives a little double check check that he has his jersey. Rachel, Jackie, I want to say, I I think a few players have experienced that in there. Oops, I can't Oops. imagine this. Forget your pants. That's a whole other issue. Make range. Trey Young had Ooh. three separate, three separate 30-footers last night. Nothing for him. Who you taking in a 30-plus foot contest? Trey Young or Damian Lillard, Scotty? Let's I'm see if Scotty's learned his lesson. I'm not going against Damian. <laughs> Damian Lillard all, all day. That is why that man is in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Jackie? No, I'm, I'm, I've learned from Scotty. Dame, 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 Dame. All day, every day. Dame, yeah. Dame. <laughs> His numbers right now from around the half court line. Scary. Scary. Are so insane. (laughs) Woo. Miss scouting Sixers Heat. Ben Simmons decides to give plenty of room to former teammate Jimmy Butler on the perimeter. Jimmy's like, really? Yeah. Really? Because I got this. (laughs) This was such a, like, a classic Jimmy Butler, like, Usually he invents um, beefs out of nothing. This is a real one. Like, how dare you choose Tobias Harris over me? And how dare you think wow. I can't hit this? That was a little bit Tobias of an insult. Right? But you know what? It, it goes to show don't read the pregame report saying Jimmy Butler's made, what, three out of the last right. 19 threes. Right. Oh. He's you a clutch guy. Last He's one. one of those guys we yeah. talk about, like DJ. When the game's on the line, I want him to shoot it. And he's going to take it. Boom. Make memories. DeMar DeRozan walked into Staples Center last night. You know. You know he idolized Kobe Bryant, walked in in the jersey. Once he turned the court, channeled his inner Kobe with a little footwork, a little glass work. Scotty, do you see some of Kobe in DeMar's game? Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, very, a lot of similarity. uh, DeMar's from the L.A. area. But he's like the poster boy for why the mid-range game can still exist in the NBA. Yeah, and and that's where Kobe was real strong early on with that mid-range game. Kobe Bryant is going to continue to live on through each one of these players. And by the way, there's still new players picking up a basketball. We're going to be watching Kobe Bryant on YouTube as well. I absolutely believe that. All right, we are just two days away from the NBA trade deadline. Things are heating up. Our agent Wojnarowski tweeted this today. ESPN sources Minnesota orchestrating three-team trade talks with Houston and Atlanta with hopes of ultimately turning discussions into a four-way deal that brings Golden State D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves. Russell landing in Minnesota is something that's been discussed since the, before the season started, guys. Looks like it could happen now, but there's a lot of moving pieces. So you'd be Clint Capella to Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. They'd hope to get Robert Covington to Houston, and they would use the draft picks they got from Atlanta to give to Minnesota I'm to get you. Covington and also pick up some sort of more mid-level center to just kind of eat up some of those minutes. Six years then of Minnesota which would have those draft picks, right, from Atlanta to Houston to them, would then use those to help put together the deal for D'Angelo Russell. Do you think all of this, dominoes, will happen in the next 48 hours? And do you think the fit is good if they could get it there? Well, if I knew who the GM of the Knicks were, I could tell you if they had a better chance of getting <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. But since I don't know that, uh, I do think that we know Carl Anthony Towns wants D'Angelo Russell their friends. I can picture the pick and roll right now. This team needs something. The free fall that the Timberwolves in is, is stunning mm-hmm. to me. 
And so I wouldn't discount this happening. D'Angelo Russell is the one player, I think we can all agree, it appears to be on the move. And Robert Covington would be the second, right? Those seems to be the two guys we know are going to be going somewhere. You know, I, I like it. I would like to see Russell and hopefully Towns be able to pick it up. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a player that's kind of underachieved a little bit. And I think it'll be great because when I mean underachieved, I mean that the, the team have an ability right. to start to play and be competitive a little bit. And I think him and Wiggins just hasn't put it together this season. Yeah. Well, Carl Anthony Towns is frustrated overall. Voices frustration about not being selected to the All-Star team telling the Minneapolis Star Tribune, quote, it's unfortunate that this year's All-Star game won't have the 24 best players in the NBA. He said, I've been disrespected since I came in. It's nothing new when I didn't see my name up there. Scotty, do you think Carl Anthony Towns should be an All-Star? Is he being disrespected? Well, I will say this first. There's every year the 24 best players are not always there, whether there's injuries or what have you. So I don't think that he's being disrespected. I think that there's a message being sent to him that he has to lift his team up. It's not about your individual numbers uh, becoming an all-star. At times that works if the fans are able to overwhelmingly get you in. But your your peers, your coaches, those are the people that have to get the respect for you to be an all-star. And I don't think he's quite earned that yet. So no more Mr. Nice Guy here. This is Angry Carl. Mm-hmm. And this started early in the year. He was very upset he wasn't on the All-NBA team mm-hmm. either and has expressed his dissatisfaction to many media members. And I was on a little bit of the end of that. But the All-Star game, that's voted by the coaches. I think they look at winning teams and also games played. Those are the two things coaches always want. Win games for me and be able to get on the court. I really believe that if Carl Anthony Towns hadn't gotten hurt, that there might have been a different outcome from it. I really think it's that simple. I don't think it's disrespect as much as, hey, you missed, you know, same reason why Paul George wasn't selected. Right. No, I think that's absolutely true. It has been tough. As you mentioned, he has been out, and the team has been doing terribly. The last time the Timberwolves won a game that Carl Anthony Towns played in was before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Wow. It is February. Yeah. That is a long, long time to go and contributes to why everything fell the way it did. I don't think there's any question that he is among the top 25 players in the NBA. Absolutely. But that's not how every – each time that you get one of these checks, all-star, all-NBA, the qualifications are all different, and you you enumerated it. That's why. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about NBA Twitter because it was spicy last night. Dylan Brooks and John Morant calling out Andre Iguodala. Steph Curry got involved. We'll discuss that as well as more on the New York Knicks because, gosh, they don't stop it. We'll keep talking about it. Here's what the Jump recommends for today up on .com and the app. Seven big trades we want to see. All our insiders weigh in on the top trade rumors before Thursday's deadline. Our NBA Wednesday doubleheader tips off tomorrow in Boston with Celtics facing the Magic at 7.30 Eastern. And then we head to the Staples Center where the Heat take on the Clippers. That's going to be a good game. Coverage beginning with CBA's pregame sports center, 7 o'clock Eastern on the app and on your ESPN television channel. We had one of the spiciest NBA Twitter nights (laughs) in a while, and I want to recap it for you here. Andre Iguodala has not suited up for Memphis since being traded this summer. The assumption all season was that Iggy would be traded to a contender, or if that couldn't happen, he would be bought out and get to join a contender. 
Well, coming off another win last night, Grizzlies guard Dylan Brooks, apparently a little fed up about being asked about Iggy, Iggy, Iggy. He said, quote, I can't wait till we find a way to trade him so we can play him and show him really what Memphis is about. John Morant then retweeted that quote and things really took off because Steph Curry came to his former teammate's defense posting this photo of Andre holding the Larry O'Brien trophy with a shh emoji. So I tweeted that image, took it from Instagram to the Twitter. John Morant answered me on Twitter with this photo of Kevin Durant holding the MVP Finals trophy, we assume attempting to minimize Steph and Iggy's contributions to the Warriors' last two titles. Jack clarified this by saying, quote, still a fan, but I ain't scared of him, talking about Steph. Look, I think this is all bubbling over, Scott. It's amazing. I love the NBA. Um, It's all bubbling over because there's been posturing, as there is on trade deadline week, right? Um, Memphis has not wanted to just give Andre Iguodala away. They didn't want to just buy him out so he could go sign with the Lakers or Clippers. They want something for him. They got a first-round pick, by the way, from the Warriors just for doing the trade, but they want a little bit more. So they've been holding him hostage, so to speak, so another team, maybe another contender, can drive up the price. Somebody, they could get another pick for him, something like that. Well, Andre Iguodala's agent makes it known yesterday that, hey, if, if they don't trade him, He's not going to play the rest of the season. He's fine. He'll sit around and play golf, right? And and that is, I think, what sets some of the younger (laughs) Grizzlies out of just sort of being like, oh, he doesn't even want to come play with us, and you're trying to now get him dealt or bought out or any of this. Um, And this, of course, you get this quote from Dylan Brooks. Uh, Are are you okay with these with younger kids saying, hey, get some pride, right? He doesn't want to be here? Fine. Let's go play on the I'm okay with it. And I'm going to split the fence there. Okay. Because I'm okay with what the young kids are saying. What I'm not okay with Mm -hmm. is that Andre never came or showed up or paid his respect to these younger players. These players look up to him. He's played in five NBA finals. They were looking forward to joining hands with Andre Iguodala. He brings experience. He brings leadership. He brings all the value that this young team could use right now. So you're you're hearing frustration on their part that they didn't have a chance to pick his mind and be a part of, you know, having a chance to win by giving that little edge. But on the other hand, other side of the fence, I understand Andre's situation is that he's a veteran player. He don't want to go and start playing heavy minutes. He's dealt with injuries, and his body is probably not ready for the long haul of an 82-game season. This is a blessing in the sky for Andre. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been injured in the last two NBA finals, so this is an opportunity for his body to heal. And, hey, somebody's going to get some value out of him. Yeah, and look, I don't know exactly which direction the agreement came in, but they did eventually agree. Andre Godala and the organization yes. agreed that he would sit out. So he's yes. not sort of doing this in spite no. of the organization. Yeah. Well, that's what, right. yeah, that's what I was going to say. Right. That's what I was going to say. I mean, this, this is how these things work. And everybody knew that when Andre Yugugala... Now, I, I'm with you. I get the young players tired of asking these questions. Nobody knew Memphis was going to be this good. They're a yes. wonderful feel-good story. Brooks, John Morant... My boy, Jaron Jackson yes. Jr., yes. They're all, they've all been terrific. What, what was interesting was that Morant would come back with the KD thing. That, to me, was like, ooh, you really are trying yeah. to spice this up a bit because I wouldn't be disrespecting Steph Curry. But that's for, I'm not sure it was disrespecting Steph Curry as much as sort of the tweaking, back and forth little yeah. trash talk. 
just knowing knowing those guys, John Morant, John Morant is not afraid of anyone. No, if you watch be. him play, the trash <laughs> talk he does on the court, the way he goes at the basket, yes. it's one of the most fun with, things for me about is, his yes. rookie season. That team is a blast. That he has courage everywhere. And one of the things I like about Steph Curry is that he doesn't take any of this that seriously no, either. That's true. I don't think Steph Curry is sitting there on his phone today being like, ah, ah, I can't believe he said that. No, I you know what he's doing? He's, he's, he's sitting at home laughing going, let me see when we play Memphis. Because I'm going I'm to shoot about six rings. of those 40-footers. That's what he's doing. Three yeah. rings, four yeah. rings. So, so I, I think you were talking about guys on, on all sides here uh, who like to mix it up. Who thinks yeah. it's kind of fun? That's why we love the NBA. I don't, I, I don't think that that anyone involved is sort of like God. I can't believe you said that. I hate him. Um, I, I think it's just sort of the little the little trash talk that we get. And I'm very I'm, I'm, curious now to see where Andre Iguodala goes and to see when that first game against Memphis well, is. Dallas. I don't want to see these Dallas. young players think that he's going to be able to compete with them. He's in his 16th year of the season, <laughs> yeah. so it's a little different. You're going to come at Andre like he ends that. up in Dallas. I bet he ends up in Dallas. Hmm, all right, little prediction. Jackie, I want to get back to the next top story for us here today. Um, do you think that James Dolan should make a real run at Masai Ujiri now that he has inexplicably just sort of upended everything two days before the trade deadline? You heard Woj say right. this would cost them. They would probably have to give I up don't picks. care. Okay, because Masai has a year and a half left on his deal in Toronto. Yes, yes, a million times yes. The Knicks need instant credibility. Masai will give it to him, Rachel and Scotty. Yes. Not only is he universally respected by all the players and the GMs and the coaches and everyone throughout the league, he's a global ambassador for the game. What he's done for Africa and the humanitarian work he's done there is unbelievable. He's got President Obama on speed dial. And by the way, I mentioned Africa because I think the work he's done there is important. But don't think it also hasn't benefited the Toronto Raptors. 26 teams passed on a player named Pascal Siakam because they didn't know enough about him. Masai knows everything about these players in Africa, and that is the next frontier for all the great players. And he's light years ahead Mm -hmm. of everybody else because of the time he spent there for very, very good reasons. My, My question is this. Is James Dolan fragile? You mentioned the fragile ego. Is it so fragile that he's worried that a guy like Masai Ujiri will upstage him? that he'll be bigger than him, that if, in fact, they turn the Knicks around and start winning, Masai gets all the credit? Is James Dolan self-involved enough to let that get in the way? Because, boy, if he is, the Knicks fans should be up in arms. And Masai is the perfect man for this job. It would be incredible for the Knicks if they could land him. And if it costs them a draft pick, I say it's worth it. I say it's worth it. I think the Knicks need to give up whatever they have to do to change who they are um this is definitely a a franchise that should be doing a lot better they should be able to pretty much interview or talk to any free agent that come available because new york is a a beautiful city and the fans there they they love the game and any player would love to go and play there but i i think a lot of drawback has been because of ownership and until they get that right they're not going to get the top players in the game I mean, look, first of all, we know how much money James Dolan gave Phil Jackson. I almost think he'd have to double it to get Masai Ujiri to come down there because Masai, smart man, he knows the position he is in. The draft pick (laughs) position or what they would have to give up to Toronto to get him out of that contract, that might be a stopping point for Masai just because you're then plundering the resources that he's about to come 
work right. with. And that's something that I think might be an issue on that end. I, I just wonder, though, do you want to go insert yourself, if you're Messiah Jiri, into everything that but is see, in New York? Or is that temptation for someone, and you and I know Messiah does like yeah. the spotlight? Well, and not only that. He takes risks. He yeah. took the biggest risk in the world. He took on Kawhi Leonard knowing that he could walk. And his position was, I don't care. If he wins me a championship, I'll take that. And guess what? Everyone in the country of Canada agreed with him. Yep. And there you go. Well, That's the kind of guy I want running my franchise. As, in, as we heard from Woj and he and Ramona Shelburne reporting, James Dolan, definitely still interested in Masai Ujiri, but also interested in possibly going a path of hiring a player agent who has little or no management experience. So we will continue to discuss that throughout the show. We have plenty more on the Knicks. We also have coming up, what's going on with the Sixers? Ben Simmons said the Sixers were, quote, soft last night. We will get Scotty's take on that next. Stick around. You're watching The Jump. Sports Center, 6 o'clock Eastern, PTI with Sage and Kevin. They're going to go inside Zion's battle with Giannis tonight. Sports Center's on ESPN and the app. Welcome back to the jump. Ben Simmons and the Sixers, whoo, blown out in their showdown with the Heat last night. They lost by 31. Simmons asked after what went wrong. He had a very simple explanation. It's time for some straight talk sound bites. Take a listen. You mentioned the physicality. I mean, you guys are a very tall, big team. What, why? Can you pinpoint why you haven't been able to? We were soft. And there you go. Scotty, do you agree? Yes. <laughs> okay. I agree because what we saw last night is a team that lost the toughest guy that they had on the team a year ago. And they played against him. Mm. He was the pit bull. He was the guy that made them pretended to be tough and he brought that toughness out every night and they all fed off of that kind of energy now he see that energy in the miami heat Mm. they have to create some kind of toughness and and i think it has to come from ben simmons he has to be the tough guy i heard him say last night they're gonna have to knock some guys down hit them in the face or do whatever maybe not to that degree but they have to toughen up their lanes last night jimmy butler just walked through them yeah, the old days, that's all you'd do. You'd knock yes. them down. This, in this league, you get a five-game suspension yeah. now when you do that. But, yes, I agree with him, too. Mm-hmm. He should have said it against the Heat, and he should have said it Saturday night against the Celtics. Yeah. And they just were manhandled by a team that's smaller, slighter, and lost their big guy, Al Horford, to the Sixers team. So there's some problems here. I just, I, I do have to qualify though. I just don't think Embiid is completely well with that hand. And I know it's his off shooting hand, but you, you watch him, the way he carries it, the way he moves it. I just don't think he's at full strength. He's playing through it. He's a gutty kid. He likes to play through injury. So I'm, I'm going to give him a little bit of a pass in that regard. Okay, but they are two days from the trade deadline. They yep. don't play another game. They've had two embarrassing right. losses. They've got more road games coming. They and do. their record on the road is terrible. It is. And they are sixth in the Eastern Conference. And they're not that close to number four. So Thanks. it is looking more likely than not that they would end up not having home court advantage right. for any right. of the playoffs. And they play 
poorly on the road. This is a problem. Sure is. So I would take those words of Ben Simmons last night and not just address the style of play, but I think there has to be a real top to bottom come to Jesus in the organization of what do we do over these next 48 hours, whether it is player movement, whether it is within the coaching ranks deciding to go into a different strategy about how they deploy these players. Mm. Something has to change. This is it. If you have not seen it this week, you're just blind. I mean, I I look at this team and I've looked at them since they've lost and beat, and I think that the cream has been able to rise to the top. I think this is Ben Simmons' team. I think this team strives more around Ben Simmons. I think they put up more points, and I almost want to say they're a better defensive team when Embiid is not on the floor because they're they're able to you know switch guys and and do different things. And when you undermine you tend to dig down a little bit deeper. And I, I don't think this, this team plays as good of defense when Embiid is on the floor. Maybe because they rely on him to protect the paint too much right. and he's not physically ready, but their their offense is still not as good as when he's on the floor. When Ben Simmons is on the floor, the Sixers are a fun team to watch. They're exciting. Right. They play with a lot Up of tempo. speed and pace. Yep. They also, when what they did when, when Embiid was out, they were able to spread the floor. And just have Ben Simmons go downhill and nobody could stop him. Either he was going to the rim or he was dishing it yes. off. Now, two coaches said to me, because I, I, I was interested in this, and they both said to me, it's hard to play that way in the postseason, though. It's hard to have a guy go downhill like that and play in the postseason. I love Ben Simmons, but I like Joel Embiid, too. If it's my team, I'm not rushing to judgment over the next 48 hours. I'm keeping them both I'm going to try to figure it out, and if it doesn't work, then maybe you make a very tough decision on the offseason. Yes, I these agree. guys are too talented. And by the way, either one of these guys, if you built an entire team around them, I believe would be Both. excellent teams in the NBA. It's just figuring out how to well, make they clog them work up the paint together. together. They clog up the paint, and, when and both something in. has to be done. Up next, we will be talking about a must-watch game tonight: Zion and the Pelicans taking on Giannis and the Bucks. We will also be breaking down. What happened with the New York Knicks and what this team should be doing next? Our second distant replay of the day, as well this one from Kobe again. This date, 2009. Got to keep people fresh. Kobe Bryant. Fading moon driving. It's like Jordan there. Yes. The more I watch this kid, he looks... Like Jordan. I mean, he, he, it's like amazing. Especially yeah. early, right? Like, he, just, yeah. he wanted to do everything. I think the second part of his career, he was trying to just be Kobe. I know it is minutes away. Pablo and I will discuss if the 49ers should replace Jimmy Garoppolo with Tom Brady. Is it time to give up on the Sixers? Should the Chiefs give Alex Smith a Super Bowl ring? And good news for the Knicks. Stay tuned. That was a question mark. You never know if the news is actually good. This week, our NBA Saturday primetime game is an all-California affair. The Lakers are at the Chase Center in San Francisco to take on the Warriors. Our coverage tips with the jump. We are your pregame show on ABC, 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific. And you can always watch both on the ESPN app from anywhere. On Thursday, you can also join us for a special three-hour edition of The Jump starting at 1 o'clock Eastern on ESPN. We're going to take you all the way up to the NBA trade deadline. And beyond. beyond. Don't miss it. That was my good like movie voice. Was and it. beyond. I want to get to the huge matchup we have tonight. Last season's MVP versus the number one pick in the draft. Giannis versus Zion. 
in New Orleans. We could be watching these two go at it for the next decade. Yesterday, yes. we discussed that Zion is already among the NBA elite when it comes to just that strength and athleticism. Yep. Well, Scotty, it's going to be a huge test. The physicality of Yantas Antetokounmpo versus Zion Williams. What do you expect? Yeah, it's really going to be size against strength. Mm-hmm. And I think both of these players are going to win their rights on the offensive end because I think both of them are so dominant. When you talk about Zion, his strength, his ability to play above the rim, to move people. And then Giannis just open court play, downhill. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. And I, as you said, the future of these two players is going to be great. And I think the respect they both have for one another mm-hmm. is going to make it a really nice, clean game. If I'm New Orleans, I am not asking Zion to guard Giannis no, all night long. All. I'm going to bring help for him. I'm not going to try to get this young guy humiliated by the, the reigning MVP. No, no, no. I just think it's going to be fun. I, I think this be. is a different different styles, right, and, and different matchup, and different come from different places. Like, it could really has the ingredients of a fun rivalry for a very long yes. time, and two guys who are both so good for the game in their own ways. Now let's go to the other extreme, and a team that has not been good for the game recently, <laughs> the Knicks. They are parting ways with team president Steve Mills, GM Scott Perry, taking over basketball operations. This is something a lot of Knicks fans wanted to see for a long time, guys. Just not today, because today is two days before the trade deadline. And it throws into sort of question mark all of the deals that Steve Mills had been working on. Adrian Merginowski detailed some of us for us at the top of the show. Is this rock bottom for the New York Knicks? Scotty Pippen. I would have to say yes. I I, I really do. I, I think that something got to come out of this good. I mean, they're already at the bottom. So, so you're saying it's you, just got to go up from here? Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, you drop some water on them little turds and it's got to do what? So I think wow, they're at that, what a visual. That, that point now where it's time to <laughs> pour some water in and let something rise. Like I just, like I just stepped over them right there. <laughs> Oh, give me that. Come on. You're gonna get, fans are feeling bad you're gonna, enough. You're going to get a text message from me. And our producers I, 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 are doing I this. Do that I know. Got right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to say that it's not, and I'll tell you why. Because they do have cap space. Okay. So I still think if you get the wrong guy in there and he messes up all your cap space and possibilities, then it's rock bottom. So you're telling Knicks fans who are crying... In front it of the TVs right now, it could get worse. Of course, it could. <laughs> well, it's just shaggy. a fact of life. You ask me, you know I'm well, going to be answering no one you honestly. Is really running to get to their cap space, so we're going to have to see how much value their cap. Well, last summer, Aside. this past summer, when they uh, had cap space, they filled it with many gentlemen <laughs> who played the same position. So yes. maybe you know next time they and can well, be like, all centers. There right? we go. <laughs> they could, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, look. I have said for a long time that Steve Mills had a good run at this. Steve Mills, by the way, is a good man. Sure. But he has had several at-bats here and has not been able to do the job that James Dolan hired him to do. And I think, frankly, James Dolan is responsible for a lot of that. He has so much control over what's going on. I would ask, again, on the behalf of the public trust, James Dolan, this is your franchise, but please put someone like Masai Ujiri in charge. Put someone experienced in charge. And then stand back and and stay out of the way. And we hear these reports about putting in someone who has never done this job before. It sounds just like lunacy to me. Nobody is good the first time they do something. And, yeah, 
That's the New York Next. Jackie, Scotty, thank you for joining me to sure. jump back tomorrow. And don't forget, three-hour trade deadline special on Thursday. Maybe the Knicks will make a trade and it'll be crazy again. We'll see. <laughs>